Welcome to Pregnancy Help Podcast. In today's session, we will continue our discussion of the Charlotte Lozier Institute's recent report on the pregnancy help movement. To download your copy of the report, visit www.heartbeatinternational.org podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, this is Mary Peterson, and I'm the housing specialist for Heartbeat International. I've been asked to put together some thoughts related to the recent report that came out. It was entitled A Legacy of Life and Love and really kind of looked at the 50 years of pregnancy centers and tried to kind of explore those for the good of kind of everyone associated with pregnancy centers or that may not know about the the impact of pregnancy centers. I was asked specifically to think about them in terms of maternity housing. So the report does contain a page or two on maternity homes specifically and had the chance to offer some thoughts there. But I was invited to kind of go back and think about the entirety of the report in that context. What does it mean for maternity homes um, in general to think about kind of the 50 years of service related to pregnancy centers. And it was an interesting process to do that, to go back and think about what, how does it encourage homes? How does it challenge homes? You know, what are the messages that might be involved in homes? Um, just really to, to try and kind of unpack the report through the lens of the maternity housing context. From my perspective, there were kind of four main messages that the report held. And I think for each of those, there's both an encouragement for homes as well as a challenge for homes. Uh, so thought going to really unpack it kind of in that framework. The first kind of big message that the report contains is really around cost savings. um, And that kind of makes the argument that there's a huge public cost savings. They give the figure of 161 million um, in in cost savings that comes directly from the work of pregnancy centers. And they have great data and why they back that up and how they make that argument. Uh, and it's that's a huge number and really impactful and very interesting to see. They say that there's services to 2 million people through the work of pregnancy centers. And that's really amazing when you think about the scope. I guess to me that's really exciting too because I think in many ways there's huge cost savings, public cost savings associated with maternity homes as well. We can argue that there's great cost savings related to preventative health in terms of maternal birth outcomes and providing stability and nutrition and access to prenatal care. There's great impact in terms of the brain development of children just being in a stable nurturing environment with stable caregivers and those type of things. You know we could argue that we're keeping Keeping children out of the system, out of foster care, we're helping kind of reunite uh, women that have lost custody of their children, that we're supporting women out of poverty, that we're supporting them getting off the re- their reliance on government programs, those type of things. So I think in the same way, we can argue that there's huge cost savings associated with the work maternity housing. Um, the challenge is that we don't have great data. Uh, so whereas the centers have great kind of ways of tracking what they're doing and compiling that data across the country, and they kind of use their national frameworks to kind of make hu- these great claims. And, and be able to show them through some great data. Maternity Housing World hasn't done a great job at doing data tracking as a movement. So we have a little bit more challenge in making those claims. However, we are getting better. We have initiated conversations across our movement to try and figure out how to do a better job at tracking data and at, at kind of understanding how we're measuring the impact of our work as a common work. So we are getting better at that, although I would say that is an ongoing challenge um, for us as a movement. The second thing that I see the report doing is really talking about 
down and, and outlining the changing model, the developments that kind of took place within the pregnancy center world. You know, for example, kind of how they developed over time. The current trends are really around um, abortion pill reversal, uh, around mobile medical units, these type of things. So the language of the report says an increasing array of services within the context of core services. And I would definitely say housing has experienced that same trend as well, that our models have changed and developed over time, but there is definitely um, some core services that have maintained. So for instance, the report talks specifically about the access to prenatal care and how centers have begun to really support access to prenatal care, either by strong referral networks or by providing prenatal care services themselves. And I'd say homes have gotten much better at that as well. So, you know, we are supporting access to prenatal care via everything from kind of going on rides, you know, sitting in the appointments with the the moms, as well as supporting their mental health, providing kind of emotional support for health-related behaviors, providing nutrition and safety, these type of things. So we really, we do similar work in that way to centers. And for many of these things, as I went through the report and read it, I was thinking, oh, homes do that too. They do that perhaps differently or with a different emphasis, but they are definitely doing things like client referrals and parenting education and doing community outreach programs. Report highlights that centers, the work that centers does um, with material aid and abortion recovery. And I know of homes that have community outreach programs that have schools and drop-in centers and thrift stores and other social enterprises and transitional apartments. And, you know, they have this way in which they're kind of reaching deeper and deeper into their communities um, to provide support services. So I would say in short, we definitely have seen kind of this changing model as well. You know, in the long range perspective, we can think of changes to staffing models and the length of stay where, you know, historically women perhaps just stay during pregnancy. That's definitely has shifted um, in our modern maternity homes. There's been increased specialization over time. Say short term, when you think about the short-range perspective, maybe some major shifts in, in model or shifts in, in the development of, of services. I'd say homes have increased therapeutic staff, so we're definitely seeing more therapists and caseworkers um, involved in maternity homes. There's definitely increased wrestling with policies around things like cell phones and technology. We're definitely re- seeing the implications of increased addiction in the home and having to deal with that. Thus, the report kind of draws attention to the commitment of care that was developed as an industry standard across centers. And we've done a little, some work as homes as well to create a standards of practice, have some increased work to do in order to really promote that and, and put that out into the community. But we have put together a document to kind of outline some standards of practice. Um, so just in general, I'd say the housing world has gone through an interesting, in the last five years, as with the creation of the National Maternity Housing Coalition, we've really built a sense of industry, we really have gotten better at encouraging one another and in creating a professional conversation and learning from one another. Uh, there's definitely increased support for helping new homes get started, so we're having a better sense of how we're the same and how we're different. So there's really kind of been a sense of our movement gaining some traction within itself, so kind of talking to one another better. I'd say the challenge, as I looked at this section, um, the section highlighted adoption, and I'd say one of the challenges we have as homes is really to keep adoption as a place of excellence. So our heritage in the pregnancy help movement is really as the keepers of the adoption message. I'd say that message, while homes might continue to support adoption and encourage adoption and to some degree, um, maybe we've lost our heritage is really being the, the promoters or having that as a, a, a message that we can talk about with confidence and clarity. So just inviting that as the, the challenge.
The third kind of core message that I saw within the document was really around kind of awareness of new trends, how new trends emerging and how the implications, how that plays out in centers. You know, they kind of outline the history of the first center starting in 68 and how centers have developed over time. And I'd say some, some I guess one kind of interesting thing is that, that homes have a longer history. So homes have been around longer than um, that first center. And that that's very exciting. Her center was a 1968 uh, birthright in Toronto, Canada. And um, we can trace our history back longer than that. So that's something to be proud of and that our, that our work has really long roots. When I was trying to think about emerging trends, a uh, few things came to mind. One was the connection to centers. So I'd say we have really started to see centers interested in opening homes. And I think we at this point, we have 27 centers who have already opened homes. And I I get frequent contact um, from pregnancy centers who are interested in housing, adding housing to their ministry. As a movement, uh, housing world is getting much better at talking about trauma-informed care. And we're trying to learn as, as um, other segments of the nonprofit world are learning about trauma-informed care. We're trying to think about how that plays out in our own residential settings. And related to that is really the role of addiction. There's a, a huge just awareness and increase around addiction, and we're seeing really increased numbers of homes getting calls from women that are in the midst, early stages of recovery. And so I think we're trying to wrestle with and figure out how to respond to those calls that we're getting and meet meet that need. Thinking about this one is really the sense of what is the challenge. Um, I think in general, we've been pretty good at kind of supporting the unique responses and kind of recognizing that homes are doing it differently in different places for different reasons. And I just think the ongoing challenge is really to kind of build each other up in our differences um, and to really recognize that that our homes and whatever settings they find themselves in, whatever kind of unique circumstances of their community are really responding to those needs and experimenting with how do we do this work better based on the resources and needs that we have in our community. So I think the, yeah, the ongoing challenge is really just to kind of be gracious and, um, and just stay in a posture of learning from one another throughout and across those differences. The last big theme that I saw was was really just promoting how centers are kind of models of community and faith-based action was the language they used uh, as kind of their grassroots nature, allowing flexibility to meet (laughs) unique needs. And I just, everything in me was like, oh, homes are this too. Um, Looking at some of the things the report highlighted, the involvement of volunteers and how centers are really volunteer-based movement, how they have this strong network of providers of social services that they, they do, that they're providing an alternative to abortion. of church involvement, that they're raising money locally, have international impact. And I, I just really resonated with, oh, homes are doing that too. I mean, our own sense of kind of need and, and, and reliance on volunteers, you know, the, the network of, of providers that it takes to make a home function well, knowing that a home can't be everything to, to every woman, but really kind of drawing from the community to provide for her needs. Certainly have huge church involvement in the work of housing. Um, and, and I would say similar figures that they made, they reported that 90% of funding is raised locally. And I, again, without the data, I would say that's a very similar uh, number for, for housing as well. I think it's really a local-based movement. And we're becoming more aware of the international impact as well. We're starting to see, start to connect with and trying to build a sense of uh, the international scope of maternity housing and get better at understanding our similarities and differences on an international level. So for me, this 
the challenge in here is really kind of overcoming any sense of division that we might have. I think maybe historically, I wouldn't say division, but perhaps there's been this disconnect between centers and housing. And I think more and more, we can just see that the tie, the link, the, the common mission between housing and pregnancy centers is very strong. And that we're seeing a deeper and deeper sense of unity in that and growing in our sense of connection to one another. So it's just really this sense of kind of that uh, to overcome any sense of division that we might have. For me, the most compelling part of the report was really toward the end, they, they outlined all the places of impact and, you know, things like promoting women's um, health and maternal health, child health, averting mental health impact of abortion, kind of reducing the rates of abortion, lowering preterm birth and the incidence of breast cancer. And you know, they, they kind of went and described the, the impact um, that pregnancy centers are having. And that's just really powerful to think about and understand. And and I'd say housing, although we don't have great data, can really add and see ourselves in that impact and know that, that the work that we're doing is having profound impact as well. So things like improving birth outcomes, you know, by providing prenatal care and nutrition, by offering social support, by creating environments of safety and stability. You know, research tells us that all those things have impact on maternal birth outcomes. That's profound as well. We can also argue that we have impact in terms of just child development. And we know that, you know, those early, the early years of a infant development, the child's brain is developing and, you know, just having stable caregivers and nutritious food and an environment that responds to their needs and keeping children out of the foster care system and, and those type of things have kind of lasting impact on childhood development as well. And then housing has the impact, too, of really being able to think about through the lens of homelessness. So trying to make impact in terms of employability, access to education, housing stability, disrupting the cycles of generational poverty, kind of those type of things. So for me, it was like, oh, yes, the centers are doing such great work and it does a great job at outlining those. And we can know that that housing is having a tremendous impact as well, but really have some few challenges. I think as an ongoing way to think about, just be challenged by the report is to think about how we can do a better job tracking data, you know, how we can kind of reclaim our heritage in terms of promoting the adoption message, how we can continue to support one another with unique models across the country and just overcome any sense of division that we might have with other pregnancy help organizations. But certainly finding ourselves and just the profound joy of being a part of the pregnancy help movement as a whole to support our, to see the work that our sisters and brothers are doing in pregnancy help centers was a great joy. So thanks so much for joining me. If you'd like to reach out and continue that conversation in any way, please know that I'm happy to do that. I can reach at housing at heartbeatinternational.org. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on the report and how you see the impact on housing as well. Uh, We can pick that conversation up via Facebook or feel free to email me. And thanks for the work that you do. I know my prayers are with you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pregnancy Help Podcast. To subscribe to future episodes, access resources related to today's session, or listen to previous episodes, visit www.heartbeatinternational.org podcast. Thanks for tuning in.